0: We join Dick Spaceman in his dingy little Uranus flat, playing on his tenor saxophone. It's nearly as dark as a hole as he sits with his musings on the interviews he took from the Lori household the previous day.
1: And this is a tricky one. Six suspects in one murder. They all could have benefited from the death of the Lori family patriarch and founder of Laurie's Stories. Good thing I have my tenor saxophone to keep me company while I ruminate. Let's see. Benedict was involved in Lorry's Stories. The only Lori child who is... What did he say yesterday? Where were you today up until I saw you in the mansion space dock?
0: Why, recording audiobooks, of course. You have proof? Certainly. Here, listen to some of the session. The squishy squash fell out with a slosh. It splattered and spitted. Now my clothes need a wash. I was sad to see it was yet stringy. So I struck and it stuck to my boot. Very clingy. You know how they go. They don't like to show how very obtuse I wi. Wa- uh, obtuse. Sh- what the s sh- is this stupid word? Obtuse. Abuse? Obtuse. Obtu- obtuse? What the f is that? How the hell do you think the fing word obtuse fits into this bad piece of sh- Trash poem about. There, you see? Working the rest of the day. It turned out to be one of my best performances.
1: And already censored. One of your father's masterpieces? Well,
0: I like to think my work is what brings it to life. People always laud him about how amazing he is, was, at both poetry and prose. But where would he be without my brilliant interpretation of his mundane words on paper? Hmm? Where? I'll tell you. He would be a second-rate writer still printing his books off on the home inkjet, begging Penguin Uranus Publishing to buy his stories. I am the secret to his success! But no! Now he wants to split up Laurie's stories evenly among his offspring!
1: That sure didn't take the suspicion off of him. And checking his audio track times, he certainly had enough gaps in there to do the deed. Then there was Margo.
2: I was flying around the solar system all day until I disembarked on our space dock. I saw you about five minutes later, heading in for the will-reading, pretentious garbage. None of my family has ever really worked a day in their pampered lives, unlike me. I've got three purple hearts for being injured in action. I'm impressed. What happened? This one was for spilling coffee all over my arm while piloting. It was very hot. And this one was for carpal tunnel. Those spaceship controls require quite a firm hand, let me tell you. And this one was when the carpal tunnel flared up again. But I still get back in the cockpit.
1: How very brave of you. And what were you hoping to inherit from the professor?
2: Nothing. I told him no. I said I was gonna make it for myself. And what are you going to inherit? Well, I'm... I'm getting his collection of space cars. And the controlling stake of the Uranus Waste Management Conglomerate.
1: A few space racers and all the shit you can shovel. Is that worth killing over? I'm not familiar with the UWMC.
2: It's worth about 70 billion space bucks, (laughs) but I don't want anything. Except the 73 cars and the money I could make from the Uranus waste, but other than that, no. Oh, and one fourth of Lori's stories. I'm an uncomplicated Top Gun space fighter pilot and a part-time pet surgeon.
1: About as uncomplicated as the inner workings of a space station, Margo. You tell yourself that. So, Hedy, where were you when your father
2: croaked? (laughs) My father, the toad. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) How many buttons does that jacket have?
1: Hedy, are you high? I don't speak space French, Hetty. Where were you?
2: <laughs> I, I, I was planning my escape from the, um, hmm. From the what? The. Um,
1: you were planning your escape from where?
2: Ooh, sounds exciting. Let's break out of jail together. <laughs> You know father won't let me leave my wing of the space station. <laughs> like fifteen thousand square feet is enough for someone to brisk bri- uh, a brisket. Is a Is bri- a Brazier bris- br- <laughs> <Brisier. laughs>
1: Heady he- heady heady Don't fall asleep. Don't fall now. Oh. <laughs> well that's one drool puddle that is not my job to clean up. So, Miss Hetty Lori is held in her giant wing of the space mansion against her will. Definitely a motive. I bet it was her. Anyway, the final person I spoke with, Jessica, the butler. Did you kill Professor Lori? No. Huh. Well... That's all the questions I have for you now. Uh, It's never the butler anyway.
2: Thank you. I'll just get going.
1: Uh, Don't forget to take this huge jagged knife you seem to carry with you wherever you go. Jessica at least seems innocent. I tried to question Tad, but it turned out he tried to visit Sal again to arrest her. He was out cold when I found him. Fresh knuckle marks on his cheek. There was a mystery that didn't need a detective to solve. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'll be here with my thoughts and my trusty saxophone.
0: Will Dick Spaceman prevail? Will we learn the truth behind Lori's story's gory, uh, uh, ending, gory? Tune in next time for the thrilling conclusion of Detective Spaceman. Dick Spaceman was played by Andrew Wilkowski, Benedict and Jessica by Sasha Andreev, Audiobook Director by Lee Johnson, Margo and Hedy by Becca Hart, Spaceman's Tenor Saxophone by Riley McNutt, and your announcer by John Gamoki. Detective Spaceman was written and directed by Riley McNutt. Music was written by Joan Griffith and Anita Ruth, with Anita Ruth on piano, Joan Griffith on bass and guitar, Zelda Younger on tenor saxophone, and Jeff Katz on trumpet. Sound engineering by Riley McNutt and Joan Griffith. This is Riley McNutt. Thank you for listening to Detective Spaceman.